We'll be right back to the show after this. Been on the fence about adding digital products to your Etsy shop? We put together a free 60-minute workshop teaching you the basics of selling digital products on Etsy and what it's done for our business. We'll give you behind-the-scenes look into our product and marketing strategies and all the tools you need to get started. Sound good? Head over to goldcityventures.com workshop to register for free. That's goldcityventures.com workshop. Enjoy. Friends, you're listening to Cricket's Chichichings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. Hey, hey, and welcome back to another episode of Cricket's Chichichings. My name is Lauren, and I am your host. I know I say this every episode, but thank you so much for joining in. I really appreciate it. This is a really exciting new venture for me, and I'm enjoying the feedback that I'm getting so far from the people that have listened to the very early episodes. So thank you for joining in and tuning in and sharing it with your friends. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the five things that you must master in order to be successful in your Etsy shop. These are five things that I have seen over the last almost seven years of selling on Etsy be really important in the difference between Etsy shops that take off and become really successful and those that really struggle to find their identity or sort of find any sort of ground that they're standing on that makes them special and makes them stand out. The difference is not always what you think. You think that the people that are really successful, maybe they have a marketing background, or I've actually seen sellers on Etsy who have like these crazy PR backgrounds where they worked for magazines in New York and they send their items to celebrities or they've been featured on Oprah or Shark Tank and their businesses have just exploded. But for the rest of us normal people who don't have those kinds of connections or that kind of background, we're just plugging along, working at our Etsy shop you know, sitting in our closet recording a podcast, whatever we're doing. We don't have any sort of special connections or background history that makes us able to make this happen faster or easier. So these are the tips that I think that really makes the difference between those that take off and those that never really find the traction that they're trying to have in order to build this income that you want to build as an entrepreneur and a small business owner that can really change your life and the financial future of your family. So I want to go ahead and jump right in to this top five list with number one, building a brand. When you are thinking about your Etsy shop and you're planning, or if you already have an Etsy shop and you're looking at it and looking at how you want to move forward and how you want to be able to market it so that you're finally getting these consistent sales, I want you to think about building a brand. You're not just selling an item or selling a random array of items. You're building a brand around the products that you create. And if you're not sure what the difference between a brand and just your random products are, we're going to talk about that. The main difference is that brands have a personality. They have sort of this identity outside of just the items that they sell. And in today's world of social media and the consumer directly interacting with the business or with the brand, people want personality that they see. So I want you to think when you're thinking about brands, think about Target. 
Target is one of my favorite companies to talk about when you talk about branding because I just think that they have done such a wonderful job of branching outside of the honestly relatively mundane things that they used to sell and that they kind of still do sell and into this world of really having a personality. They started with the Target dog with the bullseye around his eye and over time they had the crazy Target employee lady, and a variety of other different ad campaigns that have really brought people in and given sort of this tongue-in-cheek personality to Target as a brand. If you follow them now on Instagram or Facebook, they maintain that same sort of attitude or that branding personality throughout all of their social media. So if you follow their Instagram account and somebody makes some sort of dumb comment about something or something that's really obvious, they'll call them out about it. And it's kind of humorous and funny. And it adds personality to this kind of normal, boring store. Like what does Target sell? They sell groceries. They sell, you know, school supplies, random clothes. But they've also partnered in with other people who have brought so much personality and legitimacy to the brand as something that's acceptable for like suburban moms, middle class, upper middle class people to shop at. For example, their partnership with Chip and Joanna Gaines from Fixer Upper has sort of allowed you to think, hey, maybe I actually will go to Target and look for some home goods or for some decorations for my house because everybody loves Joanna Gaines and she's wildly popular throughout like all of culture right now. So Target has cashed in on that and allowed her to join with their branding to just appeal to a different market. So I think they've done such a great job creating a brand voice and just this personality that goes along with their brand. So when you're thinking about your brand, I want you to be doing the same thing. Your brand needs to have a personality. And most of the time for a small business owner or a one-person shop, that brand personality is kind of going to be your personality. So if you're sarcastic and irreverent, then likely the products that you're creating and the personality that goes with your brand also will be sarcastic and irreverent. And if you're classy and sophisticated and you make pearl necklaces, your brand is probably going to go along with that. You're not going to be sarcastic and tongue-in-cheek when you make pearl necklaces. So those things are kind of going to go together, but I want you to be thinking about that in the context of your Etsy shop and thinking about how you can infuse that personality into the things that you create and the brand that you're creating outside of just the individual products that you have in your shop. Another reason why you want to be focusing on growing a brand rather than just having products in your shop is that a brand vision allows you to grow and change as your customer base grows and changes as you get more into the sales and and you get further along in your journey as an Etsy seller. I always tell my students when I'm coaching them that even if you are trying to create the absolute perfect item or the perfect collection when you first open your shop, you're likely going to grow and change as you go along because you're going to start to get feedback from your customers and people that have bought your products or received it as gifts who are going to say, hey, I love this. I want to order another one. Can you do it in this color or can you change this thing or... 
can you make this strap longer, shorter, whatever? So growing a brand allows you to take those suggestions and change your products or revamp them or whatever you're going to do with them, whatever kind of feedback that you get, while still maintaining your branding and your vision for your shop outside of just these individual products. Another reason why I think it's really important to grow a brand outside of just the products is that it allows you to connect with your audience and have a relationship with them outside of just selling to them all the time. If all you're doing is selling, every email you send is selling, every Instagram post, every interaction on Facebook, every single time they're hearing from you, you're just selling to them, selling to them, selling to them, then you're not going to be able to create the kind of community around your brand and the kind of personality around your brand that really allows it to grow and escalate. Having a brand outside of just having the products allows it to sort of have a higher purpose, even if that purpose is just showing you pretty things or providing you with entertainment, or if it has an even broader and bigger purpose, like for example, Tom's Shoes, which started out as sort of this scrappy bootstrap kind of business that was selling shoes and providing shoes for children, I believe in Argentina, who didn't have them. And it grew with that vision and it grew with that branding. People liked the products, but even more than that, they liked the brand vision. But you can't do that if you don't have a brand outside of just the products. Lastly, one of the most important things that I think is true with a brand versus just having a shop filled with random products is that your brand allows you to really pivot and change if you want to. I was listening to an old podcast of Jenna Kutcher's where she talked a lot about this. So I believe it was episode number 59, if you wanted to check that out, Jenna Kutcher's podcast, The Gold Digger. But she talked about building a brand that allowed you to pivot as you grow and change as a person. If you see this business and this industry as being something that you want to stay in for the long term, you have to be able to brand yourself so that you can change as your interests change or as the market changes or whatever. So I think of this as, for example, somebody who started as a blogger back in 2008. They could just throw up some blog posts on the internet. People would come to it. They would comment. Life was grand. These were the early days of blogging, and like people just didn't really have a whole lot of competition. But then more blogs came along, and then Facebook came along, and Instagram, and Snapchat, and all these random different social medias, and they've had to reinvent themselves over and over and over again. You know, first, Facebook groups were huge, and people were super into bo- to building a Facebook group and getting more followers, and then Instagram came along, and now you have Instagram influencers, which was never even heard of 10 years ago. So you have to be able to move and change as the market is changing and as marketing and the internet continues to change and grow, which it will, you have to be able to be fluid in that as well. And the easiest way to do that is to have a brand around your products that can be changing and growing as that market is changing. So that's number one on my list of things that you must master if you're going to be successful on Etsy. Let's move on to number two. Number two is pricing. Pricing is something that so many new Etsy sellers struggle with. And honestly, even Etsy sellers who've been selling for a while struggle with this a lot too. When you are looking at pricing the things in your Etsy shop, 
I want you to keep in mind all of the aspects of your business that go into creating what you're selling in your shop. That includes your startup costs, if you had any sort of machinery or like tools that you had to buy. Like I had an embroidery machine when I first started that cost almost $10,000. That's a huge upfront starter cost that needs to be factored into your items. You also want to take into account your maintenance costs. Are you having to get these things serviced? Are you having to bring them to a shop where they get tuned up or are you having to replace them as they get used up or they have a lifespan that is going to be used up because you're making items over and over again. You want to take into account Etsy fees. You want to think about any advertising you do or sponsored content or giveaways or Instagram influencers, those kinds of things where you're providing either products or a gift certificate or something like that where you're giving your items away. You want to think about your packaging materials, and that includes both the packaging materials that you actually have to use to send them in the mail, the labels, the mailers, whatever you use to ship it, the boxes. And it also includes the gift wrap. Although you can charge separately on Etsy for gift wrap above and beyond the price of your item, you're only allowed to charge, I believe, up to $5. So if your gift wrapping charges are more than that, or if the cost that it costs you to wrap that item is more than that, then you need to factor that into the price of your actual item. You also want to think about your actual supplies that go into what you're making. If you're making jewelry, you need to think about the beads and the chains and the tools that you buy or whatever the pieces of, you know, if you're making wreaths, all the flowers that you're buying and the, the frame, the wire part, all the pieces that go into it. And lastly, and the most important, and honestly, I think the hardest part for a lot of Etsy sellers to really wrap their head around is your time. You need to be building some margin into your item that also accounts for the time that it takes to make this item to be sold. You should not be selling your items just at the break-even cost of all the costs it takes to make the item, plus the fees and the shipping and all of that. There should be your time added to that. And honestly, there should be profit on top of that added to it. So the idea is that if you take all of the costs of making a product, plus you take your hourly wage that you're charging, plus you add in some profit, then that would be the end result of the pricing of your item. That allows for you to also have this profit built in. If you ever decided to hire somebody to help with your business, there would be profit in there or they could replace you and so your wages could go to them and then you could take the profit from the business. There needs to be enough money that you're actually being able to take money out of the business. Otherwise, you just have a hobby and you're breaking even. And that is not what we're going for, or at least that's what I'm assuming that you're not going for in listening to this podcast and being a part of the Creative Mom Boss community. Number three on your list of things that you have to master on Etsy is your SEO. If you have been a member of the Creative Mom Boss community for a second, you have heard me say that you have got to be able to wrap your head around Etsy SEO and how it helps you to get found in the search and how you can really master that and optimize it for your own shop. 
Etsy SEO is the absolute cornerstone of your Etsy business. And without being able to master it, you will never be successful on Etsy. You will not be able to drive enough traffic to your Etsy shop on your own to make up for not having optimized SEO. I can almost guarantee with like 95% certainty that any shop that you see on Etsy that is successful and has those consistent sales and is bringing in an income that's an actual real chunk of money that they're bringing in every month, they've optimized their SEO. They understand how to write listings that get found in the Etsy search and that get picked up by the search engine and move to the top of the search. Etsy has been pretty transparent about what makes up SEO for Etsy's search engine and how things get found in their search. It is made up of your titles, your tags, and the attributes. And the titles need to be made up of long tail keywords. You need to use all the space in your title and make it searchable as your customer would be searching for it. So not just one long string of keywords. You need to break it up with commas and use searchable phrases. Your titles and your tags need to match. They need to match exactly. Or if you can't match them exactly because the tags are only 20 characters, then split it up into multiple tags. This is not the place to pull in random words that you don't have anywhere else in your listing or try to expand your search by putting in other extra keywords. You need to focus the tags and the titles to match. The attributes is the easiest part of the listing because it is just drop-down boxes that you fill in and it's like size and color and holiday and occasion and those kinds of things. Fill them in as best you can. For example, if you have a teal item, you might want to list it as blue. If you have an item that's not really a Christmas item, but it could be a Christmas gift, put it for Christmas as the occasion. Again, you want to fill in as many of those as you can, if not all of them, because Etsy has said again and again in the handbook and in the podcast that they've done and the information that they've released that those attributes do contribute to your SEO. So you want to make sure you're taking advantage of that. Number four on our list of things you must master is how to build a community. We talked about this a little bit when we talked about building a brand earlier in the episode. But you need to be able to build a community around your brand and your products and your shop. Building this community can allow you to do things like giveaways or collaborations or um, sales or things like that that require you to already have a following. For example, if you just run a sale on Etsy, likely you're not going to see any increase in actual sales of your items. You're going to just be getting less money for the same items. But if you have a community around your items, you can build the hype of your sale. You can have a semi-annual sale or a Black Friday sale or an anniversary sale, whatever you want to have, but you already have a following of people who are interested and engaged with you. Building this community allows them to continue that engagement and it will contribute to higher sales because it keeps you in the forefront of their mind even when they're not ready to buy. So if you have an item that's highly seasonal, say you make Christmas ornaments, 
you need to have a community of people who are still engaging with you and interested in your items all year long, even though you're going to see a huge uptick of sales around the holidays. Having a community also makes running a business a lot more fun because you can engage with those people and you can ask them for their feedback. You can ask them for their votes or their opinions. Instagram allows you to have the two vote option thing where they can click on one or the other or they can fill in the blank and answer a question for you or they could vote on a poll. It allows you to have this engagement where you're hearing directly from the people who are interested in your product, which allows you access to invaluable information. The best people to ask about future things you want to carry or maybe like a new product or a different color or a pattern change or a completely new offshoot of your business, the, the best people to ask about that are the people who are interested in your products and that is in your community. Back in the day, the easiest place to build a community was Facebook because you could basically just throw up a post on Facebook and people would find it or you could spend like $5 and you'd get like 500 people liking your page. Unfortunately, those days are gone. So now you kind of have to be a little bit more creative about where you want to build a community. There are people that say blogging and building an email list is the way to go with it. I would say personally that... Instagram is the easiest and best way to build a community for product-based businesses because Instagram is such a visual platform. It allows for you to have product pictures or behind-the-scenes pictures or whatever you want to feature on your Instagram, but it also allows you to engage with those customers and connect with potential customers and to collaborate with other people on Instagram or DM people. So I find that the market base on Instagram is more ready to purchase and easier to convert from Instagram to Etsy to make a sale. So that would be my recommendation if you're just getting started with the idea of building a community or you're just sort of dipping your toe in it or thinking about it, that Instagram is really the best place for that. Lastly, number five on my list of things you must master is the business side of the business. This is kind of a broad one, but it is so, so very important. And it is honestly my very favorite thing to talk about. So I hope that if you are tuning into this podcast, that you like to talk about the business side of things, or at least that you recognize that it is so very important because I am planning on having a lot more episodes about the business side of running the business. So if you are not a numbers person, you have to become a numbers person to be successful on Etsy. That doesn't mean that you have to like master the art of doing your taxes and become a CPA and you have to love every single second of it because ultimately you can hire some of that stuff out. But you have to be able to have a grasp of the financial side of your business. You can't be completely just the artsy free-spirited creative, which I love and I love those personalities. But if you want to be successful in a business, you also have to have that type A number crunching side. Again, you don't have to say that you love the numbers or that you have just become like a number cruncher and that is your favorite thing to do forever and ever. But you do have to have sort of a basic grasp of how you're running your business, where you're making your money, 
where you're seeing the most success and what kind of things are paying off. If you're running promoted listings, you need to be able to look at the promoted listings and see where your money is best spent and where you don't need to waste your money. If you're running Facebook ads, God help you, you need a lot of help (laughs) because Facebook ads are really complicated, but you need to be able to look at them and see what you're spending and what kind of results you're getting from it. You need to be able to look at your stats and your analytics on Etsy and be able to look at those numbers and know what they mean. What is your best performing listing? What is not performing well? Where are your sales really focused? And how can you maximize those products and those sales in order to maximize your profits? Or If you're in a position where your best selling items are your lowest profit items, then you have a whole nother set of issues to deal with and things that you need to look at. But you won't know that unless you know how to look at those numbers and how to analyze them. So I am so passionate about this business side of it because I see so many people on Etsy who are super creative, really, really make beautiful things, very talented, and have an artistic vision way beyond anything that I would ever have. But they're not successful selling on Etsy because they can't wrap their head around the business side of it. And I've actually had people directly tell me, even some of my students tell me, but I don't want to do the same thing over and over again, or I don't want to make a custom order that a customer wants. I just want to be able to make what I want. And to that, I say, that is an awesome hobby, but it's not a business. It's a hobby. And running a hobby or having a hobby is fine, but it's not a business. So you need to be able to recognize the difference between those two and recognize the demands that are going to be different between the two. And if you run your Etsy shop as a hobby, it is never going to be beyond hobby money. If you run it as a business, then you will be able to make a profit and an income that is actually supporting you as a job would. Both hobbies and jobs are great and usually pretty necessary for life and happiness, but you need to be able to understand the difference between the two and what that looks like in terms of running your business so that you can understand the best steps to move forward in your Etsy shop. I would love for you to leave me a review on iTunes. It helps other people who are trying to get started on Etsy or to build their Etsy shop become a part of this community that can support them in their handmade endeavors. I hope you have enjoyed this show and you're excited about upcoming episodes. I will see you back here soon. Bye for now. Thank you.